Hey, welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored you're here. The word Kalos means beautiful in, well, poorly pronounced Greek. But we're all about making known the beauty of Jesus. So why don't we dive in to last week's sermon right now. We are pumped about what God is doing here at Kalos Church. I'm glad that you're here. We're in this really fun series, kind of convicting series called Staying in Love. We're in a relationship series. How many of you had just the best Valentines this last uh, week? Oh, wow. Okay. Good thing we're preaching. This message sounds like... Sounds like love is in the air or maybe needs to be worked on a little bit. It's okay. We've all been there. Next week, I'm really excited. We're going to do something a little bit different. We've done this before in our church where we are calling it our five in five Sunday. So what that means is we're going to have five different people from our congregation come up to the stage. And during the message time, those five people are going to preach a message in five minutes. Each one of them has five minutes and they can't go over because if they go over, there's an obnoxious timer that it's on the screen and it goes as soon as the time is up and then the next person is going to share and it's really really fun because what pastor Pradeepan and I know is that that there is some there are other voices in our church that have something really beautiful to offer each of us amen and so I'm excited aren't you just curious right now like who are these people who are these five people going to be I'm not going to tell you. I'm just going to make you sit on the edge of your seat and wait till next week. But it's going to be really, really fun. Uh, Come back. And I'm excited to hear from each of those five people. The topic is going to be on staying in love. Last week, Pastor Pradeepan asked us a very convicting question as we've been talking about staying in love. And that question was, is selfishness harming or even ruining your relationship? Your marriage, maybe your uh, significant other, or maybe even if you are not with someone, a significant other, maybe just even your friendships, is selfishness harming our relationships? And today, I want to talk about something that I also believe we have to ask. It's a really big question, and we have to ask ourselves in our relationships if it's harming us, and that is the topic of emotional baggage. Is emotional baggage ruining our marriages? Is it harming our relationships? So we're going to talk about that today and look at the scripture. And my husband lately, he's been starting messages with a joke. I don't often start my messages with a joke, but I just thought it'd be kind of fun to start with a joke. And so today, my joke is this. You know what? My jokes... (laughs) I didn't even set up a joke. Okay. My jokes are like lost baggage. Takes a couple days to get them. I always wondered what it was like to be on this side of the jokes. (laughs) I think it might be better than your side. I don't know. Thank you. Thank you. But we're going to look at the scripture today in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, 23. We're going to look at actually one scripture today, just kind of dive deeper into it. And that is this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. The title of my message this morning is, is emotional baggage ruining your relationship? Let's pray real quick. Father, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you, God, that we can talk about emotions and emotional baggage in church. 
Lord, I ask that your spirit would come in the most beautiful way and touch our hearts and convict our hearts and encourage our relationships and our marriages this morning. Lord, help us not to just be hearers of your word, but also be doers in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. You know what? I remember when Pastor Pradeepan and I, we were engaged to be married. We weren't quite married yet. And we were living in rural Michigan. And so everything in rural Michigan was about 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes away from each other. Very different than living in the city. And I remember one day I thought... I could get to the gas station before the gas ran out, and I ran out of gas. And I was stuck on the side of the road by myself, and I did not have any gas. And I was like, oh, no, I totally thought I could make it. Anybody else been there? You thought you could make it. You didn't make it. And you're just praying, Jesus, somehow fill up my gas. Fill up the car with gas. And uh, so anyway, I think God was teaching me a lesson this day because that didn't happen, and I was stuck on the side of the road, and I remember just starting to totally freak out, because I was like, oh man, like, the only person that I know to call right now is my fiance, and I thought, oh my gosh, like, he's at work right now, he's gonna be so mad, he's gonna have to leave work, like, and I just started, like, like, kind of panicking, and I was just like, oh man, like, that's so disappointing, like, I should have been paying attention, I was just beating myself up, and I was just like, what is he gonna say, is he gonna want to marry me anymore like I'm out of gas you know like what am I gonna do and I just started freaking out and I finally got the courage I was crying and I don't know it was just a lot of emotion for me and so I picked up the phone and I called him and I just said I'm, so, I'm just so 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 sorry but I actually ran out of gas I thought I could make it I'm on the side of the road and he says um he's like okay well where are you and I said, well, I'm just, I'm like not even a half a mile away from the church where I was, where he worked. And uh, I said, I'm just so sorry. I'll, I'll talk to the pastor. I'll talk to your boss. If you have to stay at work late today, it's okay. I'm just, I'm just so, so sorry. And he's like, it's okay. I'll, you know, I'll leave here in just a minute. I'll go get some gas. And so he goes and comes with a, a little thing of gas, my knight in shining armor, ready to put gas in my car. He saved me from my, my issue there and put gas in the car, gave me a kiss and left. And, and uh, I was just like, whoa, like, just kind of like, he did not respond the way that I anticipated that he would. And so later we get, we, we start talking about that. And he's just like, hey, you know, you just seemed pretty like freaked out about that whole situation. Like what was going on there? And I told him, I said, I just can't believe how calm you were. You were so calm. You were nice. Even though I ran out of gas, like you just weren't, you weren't mad at me. And he goes, well, why would I be? Like that happens, you know? And I started realizing as we started unpacking that situation, I started realizing that when I was a child growing up, if something like that would have happened and I had to call my father to come rescue me, he would have been real ticked. What? You aren't paying attention to how much gas? You don't wait till the very end to put gas in your car. You know what kind of person could just come and pick you up and try to help you? They're so dangerous, Amrita. You know what I mean? Like my dad would think about the worst case scenario. His baby girl is out on the side of the road by herself in the daytime. Relax, dad. And <laughs> like whatever. And he would just freak out and, and we would be in trouble and we were always scared, you know. And as Pradeepan and I were unpacking this, we started realizing that, wow, I had this like learned behavior of completely freaking out and being so worried that he would be as angry with me as what I remember my dad was when we made mistakes like that. 
That is an example of emotional baggage. I was bringing into the relationship something that was already there from my past, right? And so this morning, I think we have to ask the question, how is it that we can stand at the altar, be so in love, I'm so in love with you, you're so in love with me, and we make the greatest commitment, we take a vow to love each other till death do us part, and it's only a matter of years before something wedges in our marriages and we can't stand the other person. What is happening? And why can't it be as easy as I love you and you love me and we're going to just love each other through everything and we're going to make it? It's just not that easy. It seems like something else is going on. Some other force seems to be kind of coming up against our relationships and our connection to one another, right? And so... I wanted to kind of illustrate this this morning. There's a pastor named Andy Stanley who did this illustration. I really loved it. And here we have Mr. Glass right here uh, full of blue beads. And here we have Mrs. Glass right here full of pink beads. And, oh, man, they are so in love. They got married. They're like Morgan and Carlin. (laughs) Welcome back, you guys. They just got back from their honeymoon. We're, we just love them so much. And so they're here, and they love each other. And a couple months go by, you know, and they're just living their life. They've had a little bit of tension here and there, you know, whatever. But all of a sudden, things have started to build up, and they're kind of at each other, and things kind of start happening. And they're, they're just starting to get into a bit, a bit of a more intense argument or intensity and in just being connected to one another. And all of a sudden... They bumped each other, and stuff came out. Stuff came out of both of them. And those of you that right now are freaking out that beads are all over the place, I can't believe how many people came up to me after first service like, Amrita, I was trying to pay attention, but I just, I, just beads everywhere. Just everywhere. I, I want to assure you that I have a team. They're going to clean up, make sure that, because I know some of you are just like, wow, I can't even. So here they are, and, and stuff came out of them, and so they, they kind of just shove it under the rug and try to move forward, and all of a sudden, uh, one kid later, and some more arguments, and some more life happens, and they bump each other again, and more stuff comes out of them. And what's really crazy, I want you to get this, is Mr. Glass thinks that the blue beads are coming out of him because of Mrs. Glass. And Mrs. Glass thinks that the pink beads are coming out of her because of Mr. Glass. But the truth is, both of them came into this relationship full of stuff. Full of what I would call emotional baggage. Now, if you're here today and you grew up in a perfect home and nothing really traumatic or nothing really hurt your feelings or ever ever happened to you, or maybe you didn't have any betrayals in past relationships, and so you just don't really feel like you have that, but I'm telling you what, I'm going to free you right now. Every one of us has emotional baggage. Every one of us has experiences, like I talked about with running out of gas, that bring us to react and bring us to respond in a situation to each other that makes some stuff come out of us. 
when we bump into each other, and nothing will make the baggage in your life come out than a significant other. Can I get an amen? Then marriage, then children. It will keep happening. You will bump and more and more and more stuff will come out of you. And so then, this is what starts happening when we don't deal with our emotional baggage. Mrs. Glass comes over here and she just goes and talks to her sister. You know what? I didn't know he had, a, he had an anger issue. He didn't tell me. If I would have known, that would have been really nice if he would have told me that he had an anger issue. I didn't know he had that. And Mr. Glass, he goes over here and talks to, I don't, who do guys go to? Like, <laughs> where do they even go? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Mr. Glass deals with something somewhere else. And, um... And I tell you what, and, and all of a sudden, this wedge, we start turning away from each other, and we're not dealing with some real big issues, because it's not actually about the argument that we had about the dog that peed in the bed, and you didn't take the dog out, or whatever. Or like in my, in my marriage right now, it's like, hey, honey, you know what? I, I, um, I changed the last five diapers on the baby. I think it's your turn. Well, no, I'm pretty sure I changed a diaper, so I think it's your turn. No, 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 no. It's your turn. Why do you hate me? And more stuff keeps coming out, and it's not really about the diapers, is it? And so we're here, and we start realizing that she comes with experiences and hurts and pains. Maybe she is someone who didn't have a father that was around in her life. And so when she's feeling abandoned and coming into issues with her husband, it, it sort of just even subconsciously starts coming up and reminding her of feeling abandoned. And so in this argument about diapers or the dog, stuff comes out and she's reacting in a way that is way, way, way more high intensity than the actual argument. Or maybe he has been in relationships where he has been betrayed. Maybe there was some abuse in his life. Maybe it feels like he was just never listened to. No one ever listened to me. No one saw me. I never felt significant. And so he comes into these arguments with Mrs. Glass, and, and, and stuff just keeps coming out. And he's sure. He's sure that what's coming out of him is because of her, and she's sure that what's coming out of him is because of him and his responses to her. But the truth is we come into this committed relationship of love and desire for one another, and, and, and we don't meet each other's expectations anymore. Hey, you know what? When we first fell in love, you made me feel like this, and I made you feel like this, and then we expect that that's going to continue to happen, and that just doesn't always happen. And so we, we bump into each other, and stuff just keeps coming out. And I want to tell you this morning that, that we blame the person that we're the most in love with for what comes out of us, but the truth is it was already in us. For some of you, you need to really think about this in your arguments and your tension and the tension maybe that's been there for 15 years, the tension that's been there for a couple years, the tension that just doesn't seem to go away, the, the distance that we can't quite come together again. I want you to consider that it's emotional baggage. And this scripture in Proverbs is telling us, hey, you know what? Above all else, guard your heart for everything that you do, everything that you say is a reflection of what's going on in your heart. And for many of us, our hearts are wounded and bruised. We've got stuff that maybe doesn't feel, we can live every day, it doesn't feel like we are experiencing it. 
But we come into a relationship, we have some bumps, and some things start coming out. And so Proverbs is saying you need to pay attention to your heart, the status of your heart. You need to consider what's going on right here, not just point the finger at the other person. The deeper things. And I can tell you right now, you know what? We have emotional baggage. Go ahead. You can leave. Just make sure to pay attention to your hearts. And many of us would say, well, how the heck do we pay attention to our hearts? What does that mean? And so I want to look at this scripture today because I believe that there are three things that we can do to help us to pay attention to our hearts from this scripture. Number one, pay attention to your heart by guarding it. Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. He has all of this advice for how to live, how to have good relationships with each other. And he says, now wait a minute, above all of the stuff I've already said, above it all, guard your heart. Pay attention to your heart. Listen to your heart. And he says, this is more important than you even realize He's saying protect your heart, defend your heart, pay attention. I think many of us are walking around living our day in and day life with our kids and our marriages and our family and our work, and we're actually deeply hurting. We're actually deeply not okay, but we don't know what else to do with it, so we just kind of keep going. And then we get into a relationship, and, and all of a sudden it impacts the other person, hello, doesn't just impact you, it impacts the other person and the people that are around you. And, and you have to start dealing with this stuff. I remember, I don't know if you've ever heard this wives' tale. Um, there's all these wives' ta- ta- uh, tales when you're having a baby or when you're pregnant. And uh, just like wives' tales about like, you know, if it's going to be a boy or a girl or all these guesses that you try to make before. And um, I remember um, there was this wives' tale about if you are pregnant with a baby and you have a lot of heartburn, it means the baby has a lot of hair inside your womb. Well, for me, this was not a wives' tale. This was reality. (laughs) Last year, I was pregnant with my daughter. I was about to have a baby in March, and uh, I had such bad heartburn. And I was losing weight, and the doctors were like, Amrith, you got to eat. And I was like, I want to eat so bad, but I can't because this child keeps giving me heartburn. And sure enough, both of my babies came out with full sets of hair. They still have really great hair to this day, if you haven't seen them. And um, I had to learn to protect my heart from heartburn, from this bad food that I was eating. I had to guard my heart. You know, women who crave salads when they're pregnant, they're just so annoying to me because I craved all the food that gave me heartburn. That's all I wanted to eat. But we have to protect our hearts. He's saying, would you pay attention to your heart? Would you consider that you may have some stuff in your life that you came into this relation? No, no, no. You're pointing at the other person for behaving a certain way that makes you mad. No, 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 no. Would you consider that the way you responded, the way that you reacted, the emotions that you're feeling have something to do maybe not with your spouse? They may not have to do with this argument that we're in right now. We're not good at guarding our hearts, but we are good at monitoring the other person's behavior. Well, I would have been fine if you wouldn't have done this, if you would have picked up this, if you would have made dinner, if you would have done this. I would have been fine if you wouldn't have done this, if you would have done this, all of this, I would have been fine. But you did this. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
usually there's something else going on behind it. We come into our relationships with emotions and with feelings that we've got to start acknowledging and getting a hold of. You know, I talk about that situation with my dad growing up. And you know what? The truth is, is that in my home, my dad was a very uh, stressed and angry person. And, and over the course of his life, he actually got a hold of that anger and uh, became a more peaceful man. But I remember when I was little, I remember thinking, I will never get that mad at my spouse. I will never. Have you ever made that promise? I'm never going to be like my mother in that way. I'm never going to treat my husband the way she treated my dad or vice versa or whatever. I tell you what, when you start making those promises, watch out. Watch out. Because even in my own marriage and in my own relationships, I have had to come into our relationship and say, wow, did I overreact? Wow, did I get way more angry with you? Wow, did I treat you poorly in a way that I shouldn't have? And what happens is I begin to say like, oh, babe, you know what? That was, that was my bad. I'm sorry. And all of a sudden, this wedge starts to lift a little bit that's been in our marriage and dividing us. And so I want to encourage you, your ability to stay in love has as much to do with the condition of your heart than it does the behavior of the other person. Both are very vital to the relationship, but today I'm asking you, is emotional baggage, your personal emotional baggage, ruining your relationship? Is it coming against you if your heart Solomon is saying, if your heart isn't in good shape, it's going to be impossible for you to have a healthy relationship. It's not always about the other person. It's about the health of your heart. I want you to start practicing what it means to consider. I need to consider, am I okay? One of the values we have here at Kalos Church is it's okay to not be okay. Because I don't think the world is giving us permission to look deeply into our hearts. And I want to encourage you and give you permission to say, I don't, I don't think I'm okay. I might need some help. I might need to look deeply into my heart. Amen? Yeah. Number two, pay attention to your heart by identifying and naming your emotions. Don't just think you know, but actually identify them. Name them. Many of us are familiar with the term IQ, intelligence quotient, but there's something else that's hugely important, and it is called EQ, emotional quotient or emotional intelligence. Anybody heard of that before? It is vital, my friends, to pay attention to your emotional intelligence. We actually have, I don't think she's here today, but we actually have a therapist, Dr. Renee St. Jacques, that attends our church, and she actually does emotional intelligence trainings at Amazon and Microsoft and big companies because these companies are realizing that it's not just about the intelligence of the people that we hire. It's also about the emotional capacity and the emotions in which they operate with. That is going to make our team successful or not successful, right? Because we work, we have to work with each other. We have to work with people in teams. And in a marriage, like I said before, nothing will bring out the emotional baggage like that. Have you ever been around anyone who just isn't aware of their emotions? They're just not aware. It can, it can get kind of awkward. And so what happens is 
Here we are, and Mr. Bum says, you know what? The dog just peed on my bed. You were supposed to take the dog out. Well, I thought you were. That's not my chore. That's your chore. And all of a sudden, more stuff keeps coming out, and I just feel like you never listened to me. Well, I feel like you never listened to me. If you listened to me, maybe I would listen to you once. Some of you are like, this is hitting very close to home. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we begin to have this inability to look into our own selves and the emotions are really high and we're really angry with each other and I want you in your moments of heated debate to stop and to say I need to identify the emotion that I'm feeling right now. Now, men and women, men especially, I just want to say this, there are more emotions than anger and happy. There are more, okay? There are more words. The women are just, there's about to be a riot in here. I'm trying to help marriages, not come against them. But there are more emotions that you need to identify. I think our emotional vocabulary can be this big when it needs to be this big. There are a lot more emotions. And I'm going to read you some of them. Anger in this moment, anger might not just be about the dog peed in the bed and you don't listen and yada, yada, yada. Anger might actually be, you know what, I feel really unappreciated. I feel really disrespected by you. I feel, I feel like a failure. I feel stupid. I feel out of control. Other emotions that we feel, maybe not just anger, but I want to read more of them to you. Deeper emotions when tenses are high and things are getting really ugly. You may feel like I'm just, I just feel unlovable, unlovable. I feel lonely. I feel abandoned. I feel scared. I feel alone. I I feel like even though you're right beside me every night in my bed, every day we argue, every day we raise our kids together, but I feel alone. And I don't think that's your fault. I think there's a reason why I feel alone that has to do with my emotional baggage. Maybe you feel betrayed. Maybe you feel picked on, jealous insecure. It's my insecurity right now that's really bothering me. I want you to stop and think for a second. I want you to identify exactly what you're feeling in that moment. Don't just let it be anger. Don't just let it be sad. Don't just let it be happy. Let it, like, go there. Even if you have to do it alone, you may just need to stop and walk away. I, I just need a second. I need to go do what Pastor Amritha said and go identify my emotions. <laughs> Just a second. You can say that. You walk, we walk over here and you spend some time. And instead of saying something that you're ultimately going to regret, ever been there? I wish I wouldn't have said that to my husband. I wish I would have never said that to my wife. That really hurt her and it actually wasn't even about her. Take a second and come over here. And identify your emotion. I feel angry right now, but if I dig a little deeper, I actually feel betrayed. And I'm sensitive to feeling betrayed because that's happened to me before. And that memory may come, it may not, but you need to just spend some time exploring what happened here. Why did I respond with such great emotion? And I encourage you to say it out loud because here's what emotions do. Hidden emotions can drive us. They can govern us. We can live so emotionally out of control 
that we haven't really looked at our emotional baggage. We need to be careful. And when we identify them and then we speak them out loud, I am feeling betrayed right now. You know what happens when you speak it out loud? It starts to lose its power. Because when it's just in you and you just don't want to do anything about that, it's just I can't even deal with my own emotional baggage right now. It, it festers and it grows and it continues to drive that wedge in your marriage and your relationship. And it has power over you. But when you speak it, when you identify it and you speak it out loud, it begins to lose its power. Verbalizing a specific emotion takes away that power. So it doesn't control you. But I have good news, friends. I have good news for you. Psalm 147.3 says, Jesus, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. There's not anything in your past. There's not baggage that you have that Jesus Christ can't touch. He can touch you and he can bring healing to you. And healing to that. You don't have to deal with the, um, the emotional baggage that you've been suffering from and that's been impacting your relationship forever. You don't have to deal with that. When you identify it and you name it, Bring it before Jesus, and he will touch you. He, he heals the brokenhearted. I was feeling so alone and so abandoned. He can heal that. He can touch that. And he binds up their wounds. If you're wounded and you're, you're in a relationship and your heart isn't okay because it's wounded, I encourage you in this scripture that God can bind up your wounds. He can touch your wounds and heal them. Amen? My last point today is this. Pay attention to your heart by talking to your partner. Now, this is where it gets real. You're going to have to put away your pride, put away your fear, and look at each other and say, you know what, honey? I am dealing with something. I am struggling. And I'm going to put away my pride. I've identified that the emotion that I'm feeling is this, and I need to tell you about it. Because you know what begins to happen in your fights? in your arguments, you know what begins to happen? All of a sudden she says, you know what? I was feeling so betrayed by you. And this is something that I've struggled with in my past, honey. And I just need you to know that I'm not actually mad at you for that, but it triggered me. Ever heard that word trigger? When we were fighting about this and I felt like you weren't listening, I felt triggered. Triggered from these things that rest in my past. What I came into this marriage with, I was triggered. And so I took it out on you. But I want to tell you that I'm sorry. I want to tell you that I own that part of our argument. And I'll tell you what, that is going to shift how you argue. That's going to shift what happens in your relationship. One of the most powerful things that you can say to each other in a marriage is, you know what? I'm really struggling. I'm not okay. And I need you to know that. I need you to know that. It's not your fault either. Well, part of it is. <laughs> but a lot of it isn't. Let's be real. How many of us are that unprideful? <laughs> not even me. But you know what? The proper response, Mr. Glass, the proper response isn't to look at her and say, well, that was years ago. Get over it. Why are you still taking it out on me? Why are you still so angry at your parents? Why are you still, I'm not the last boyfriend who betrayed you. Don't take it out on me. That is not the proper response. 
the proper response, even if you're still mad, even if it's not totally resolved, the proper response is, I'm glad you told me. Thanks for telling me. And wait there. You took the time to identify your emotion. Then you spoke it out loud to yourself, and then you brought it to me. I just want to say, husband, thanks for doing that. I hear you. That will change everything. And all of a sudden, these years and years and years of distance are going to start coming back together. And there's going to be a reconnection, I believe, that is going to happen. When healthy people discover that something they do causes pain to the other person, they quit doing it. They quit doing it. The reason it's so important to identify your emotion, we're in the heat of this argument. We can't be governed by our emotions. We must have a sense of emotional intelligence of ourselves and those around us and our partner. It's so important. We don't have to be mad about the fact that we have emotions. What you need to do is identify them and acknowledge them and embrace them in a healthy way. Stephen Furtick says it like this. If you consult your emotions to determine whether or not to keep your commitment, you'll never be stable. How many marriages and relationships do we have to go through to realize, to realize that I came into this thing with some baggage? And I, no matter who I'm with, I keep dealing with the same pink beads and deal with the same blue beads. But when you come together and you begin to realize that this is something that we can overcome, that God is in this, things will change in your marriage, I believe. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to identify it. You don't have to always try to win the argument. It's not about winning. You're on the same team. Did you know that? It's us against the problem, not you against me, right? You know, as I was preparing and praying for this sermon, I just really felt like I was just praying and I just said, God, help us to care so much about one another that we would dig deep, even if it's painful, that we would dig deep into our own souls and our own hearts and consider that we're not okay, and, and that's really what I'm bringing to the table. Help us to care enough about the other person that we would do that. Some of you did some really wonderful and, and grandiose things for your Valentine this year. But some of us, the, the best thing that we could do for our significant other is just pay attention to my heart. And allow that to impact the relationship. That's the best Valentine's that maybe you could get. You know, we've learned in our marriage, my husband and I, that it's not even just arguments that will bring up this stuff. It's when you go through tragedy. It's when you go through something unexpected. When life doesn't turn out the way that you thought it was going to. A couple years ago, you guys know, many of you know, we found out that our son has special needs. And I'm telling you what, beads deep within me came out. Emotional baggage. Stuff when life doesn't go your way comes out and all of a sudden we begin to take it out on each other and we had to stop and we had to say, we are not okay. Something has happened to us. It is impacting you differently than it's impacting me and that's okay, but we need to stop and consider what all is happening here. And so I encourage you this morning, have a plan in your marriage 
in your relationship, in your friendships with people. Have a plan where you are looking at your heart and considering the state of your heart. Solomon says, for everything you do comes out of it. Everything you say comes out of it. So make this one of the most important daily things that you pay attention to. Amen. I want to pray over us this morning. I want to pray over our marriages. You can bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you. I thank you for revealing yourself to us. Lord, I thank you that you are a gracious God who knows that our hearts are full of anguish and bruises and pain and suffering and things maybe we didn't even do, but someone else did to us. But God, I know that you see those things. And when we come into a relationship and those things still exist and not even just exist, but they're actually playing into this relationship in a harmful way, God, I ask right now that you would give us the ability to look into our hearts, to be honest about the emotion that we're feeling, to identify it, to speak it out loud, to say it to our partner. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus, by your spirit, that you would begin to break off things in these marriages, God, that don't belong there. That you would bring a renewed sense of hope, a renewed sense of love, a renewed sense that we're going to make it. And God, I pray that we would have grace with one another, that we would respond appropriately. Lord, I thank you that marriage is from you, that you, in your scriptures, in your truth, you've made a way, Father, for each of us to be successful in our relationships. Father, we thank you for who you are. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for revelations of our heart. Give us the ability and the time and the willingness to spend some time looking at our own hearts, Jesus. Thank you that you heal the brokenhearted. You bind up our wounds. We stand on that promise today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, I really hope that you enjoyed that sermon. We're going to have a new one posted every single Monday. So see you back next week. And if you're ever in the Seattle area, we would love to have you join us in church. Go to kalos.church or follow us on social media at Kalos Church for more information. See you next time.